Help I Got a Mac, episode number four. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Help I Got a Mac. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And I'm Chris Biting. We're here with a podcast, episode number four of Help I Got a Mac. And this show is devoted to the Mac switcher in mind. Well, we do it with the Mac switcher in mind, which uh, basically means that if you have just recently purchased a Mac within the last couple months or even weeks or days, or maybe you happen to be somebody who is Mac curious and you want to uh, pursue the idea of purchasing a Mac, which I think is a wise decision or at least a wise uh, thing to think about anyway, considering all the problems with Vista. Uh, this this podcast hopefully is for you. We invite you to ask all your questions and you can do so by emailing us at, uh, let's see here, What, what where would the emails? Email it over to uh, Chris. Chris, what's your email address? <laughs> you can email me at biting at gmail.com. And that's B-E-I-T-I-N-G at gmail.com. Or yep. preferably, we would love it if you would call us uh, your question in to our listener line at area code 859-795-4067. 859-795-4067. Just leave us a question on the voicemail and we'll try to answer it in our next show. So Chris, what do we have for ton- uh, tonight's show? Well, uh, we got a listener question about iPhoto. Actually, we got two, and one of them I couldn't answer. All right. Uh, we're also going to talk about, about uh, we've been having some people that have been waiting for Leopard to uh, to get a new Mac, and, and now that there's even a, a better reason to get a new MacBook. We'll talk about that. And uh, I'll just talk about how Leopard's been a week later and uh, how you feel about it. All right. Well, <clears throat> I'll tell you what, because I have a little bit of a bronchitis here and I'm coming over. <laughs> just, a, just a touch of bronchitis. Just a touch of bronchitis. I don't think you can have a touch of bronchitis. Okay, so I got a full-blown case of it. And uh, <laughs> not to mention the fact that I have, I'm coming out of some kind of stomach virus thing. We're going to try to make this show quick as possible this week. But I'm going to let you start off with uh, this whole new thing that you're talking about as far as why there's more reason to buy a MacBook. Why don't you start yeah. us off with that? Sure. A lot of people have uh, been asking me and, and asking you and posting to the forum and stuff like that. Uh, should they wait to get a, a new computer? They're, they're wanting to wait for Leopard and obviously a Leopard out now. And uh, now is an even better time because both the MacBook and the MacBook Pro got a slight upgrade. Oh, uh, yeah? The Mac, yeah, the MacBook uh, now has the – there's a chipset called the uh, Santa Rosa chipset. From Intel, it's the it's a newer chipset. It's based on the new processor, the Core 2 Duo processor. And the MacBook Pro upgraded it earlier this year, and the MacBook now just finally caught up with it. Um, in addition to it, they also have a better video card inside there. It's still an Intel integrated card, but now instead of using um, only 64 megs of RAM, I believe they're using 128 megs of RAM now for the card so it's a little bit better for you know games and 3d effects and we'll take a lot better advantage of uh core animation that's built into uh 10.5 so yeah and uh the Wait, macbook 10.5 10. what's 10.5 oh mac <laughs> uh, mac os 10.5 leopard okay is 
also called. Okay. The only reason I bring that up is because uh, we, you know, in the operating system, you, you've got on the Mac side is it is called um, OS X or OS X, and uh, there are various different instances of that or versions of that. And Leopard, being the most recent that came out, is what we also call version ten point five. Um, I happen still to still be using the version that came out uh, originally with my Mac, which is the version previous, which is uh, 10.4, called Tiger. And so, just just wanted to clear that up for the new Mac user out there because uh, we can't assume that they know all this jargon. So go That's ahead. True. Okay. And uh, also, uh, the, Mac, the MacBook Pro got an upgrade too. It's a it's an optional upgrade. Uh, I think for an, an additional $250, you can get an upgrade to, to the processor to a 2.6 gigahertz processor, where I believe before it was just at a 2.4. You think there's much of a difference in the, the power of that? I don't think so. I, I, I wouldn't spend the extra $250 to get that bump, to yeah. be honest with you. Okay. But yeah, the MacBook, great deal now. Now it's even better with the new, with the new uh, video card and uh, the new processor bumps, so... I would definitely, if you're going to look at a laptop, I would definitely look at the MacBook. Uh, like we talked a couple episodes ago, if you built a Dell with the same kind of specs, you know, it's going to cost you a little bit more. So might as well just go ahead and get the Mac and, uh, you know, throw rock out that way. And throw Windows on it if you need to. Exactly. All right. So uh, let's move into our listener questions for this iPhoto uh, scenario that we have. Um, a friend of mine locally here uh, basically has some questions regarding her um, iPhoto setup. Now, she's not using the most recent version of iPhoto. She's using the previous version. And uh, she has two issues. <coughs> Excuse me. The first issue is that she had uh, basically um, imported some pictures in from her digital camera. And she, she had thought that those, camera, or those uh, pictures had been brought over to her computer and taken off the camera but indeed they were not and so she went on to take many more pictures and the next time that she brought those uh, photos in from her camera she duplicated all the other ones it didn't it didn't happen to notify her that there was duplicates coming it just duplicated everything so it, she wants to know <coughs> my goodness this is horrible <laughs> she wants to know if there's any way to remove those duplicate folders what or du duplicate files what did you come up with? Uh, yeah, actually, there's a piece of software. Um, it does cost money at Shareware, but it's only $7.95. It's called <laughs> Duplicate Annihilator, and it's from, uh, it's from Bratu Propaganda Software, which is uh, Bratu, B-R-A-T-T-O-O.com. Okay. And um, what it does is it'll go through your photo library and it asks you if this is a, if these two uh, these two photos are duplicate you say yes it knocks them out for you and right. it works with uh, 10.5 10.4 or tiger and leopard in case you're wondering uh -huh. it's also been tested with iPhoto 5 6 and the new the, the brand new iLife 08 very cool and that is called uh, duplicate annihilator yep and uh, you can download you can uh, download the trial version for free and it works for the first 500 photos. So if you've only got, you know, two or 300 photos in there, I think this will work for you without even paying for it. Absolutely. That would be cool. Can you email me the link to that? And uh, I'll put that in the show notes. And also I'll send it over to my friend who asked the question. Now, so some, 
I was over at the typical Mac user podcast and uh, recording when they were recording their live show, and I had asked them, and somebody says, well, you know, your your iPhoto should detect whether or not you know the imported photos are duplicates. However, I did do some searching on uh, the Apple forums and uh, help pages over there. And uh, this is something that came up under iPhoto. It says, duplicate photos not detected during import. Duplicate pictures appear in your uh, as you import them. And iPhoto, an iPhoto does not alert you to this fact. The symptom, there are duplicate pictures in the iPhoto library. The products that are effective were primar- affected by this were primarily iPhoto 2 and iPhoto 4. And the solution, here, here's what was happening. Uh, make sure that the date and time settings on the camera used to shoot the photos are correct. See your camera's documentation for information on how to set up the time and date. iPhoto saves the pictures to the photo library in files and folders based on the date and time each file was created iPhoto alerts you to possible duplicate files if it tries to copy a picture into a library folder that contains a folder a photo with the same file name. If the date and time settings on the camera used to shoot the pictures are incorrect, iPhoto may use the date when you import the pictures, which may result in duplicate pictures. So that's something that um, is is a possibility. And then there was another photo a program that I came, uh, came up with as, as a search says anytime you perform an action that modifies a photo, iPhoto creates a backup of the original. Original backups, thumbnails, and empty albums are candidates for freeing up space on your computer. iPhoto Diet is a program that does the following. Number one, it can eliminate duplicate photos created internally by iPhoto or imported by yourself, among other things. I won't read all of them. However, there is a very strict warning. It says you may not be able to recover anything that iPhoto Diet removes. Before using iPhoto Diet, back up your entire photo album, including all your originals, to a CD, DVD, external hard drive, or some other storage volume besides your hard disk. Uh, you can do this by copying the Photos folder from your home directory onto your backup storage medium. Yeah, it's, and that's just a good idea to do on a regular basis anyway. Uh, and, and another thing, uh, when you were talking about the, the date and time, and that's something a lot of people don't realize that, that they should do when they get a digital camera is, is go ahead and put in the correct time and the date because you don't want to get that data anyway. With the new iPhoto, um, what it does is it uses your date and time to set up something called events. So if you take a, a, a series of, let's say you're out for a few days without your, without your computer, and you take a bunch of photos one day, and then a bunch of photos the next day, and so on and so forth. What it does is it assumes that each time you take a burst of photos, that's probably all in a related event, you know, a wedding or a birthday party or something like that. And when you import the photos, iPhoto is smart enough to go, okay, there were 25 photos taken on the 13th, and there were 10 photos taken on the 14th, and there was 23 photos taken on the, on the 18th. Those are probably all separate events, and it groups them all automatically. And for me, it's worked really, really well. On kind of, it, it kind of automatically already starts to separate those photos for you, so you have less work to do. Very cool. Um, the other question that she had um, was that she is using, like I said, not the most recent version of iPhoto, but in her her iPhoto, her version, and then 
fortunately, um, I did not take the time uh, at the moment to find out exactly what version it is, and I, I, sh I guess I should have done that. However, um, I'm pulling up my iPhoto now, and on iPhoto, on the right-hand side, you have all your thumbnails of your pictures, and then there's this pane on the left-hand side. Now, um, it's basically in the in the most recent version. It says library, recent albums. You know, the the little pane on the left-hand side uh, is completely <coughs> is completely missing on her MacBook. Do you have any ideas on that? You know what? I tried to to recreate it on mine, and and I've got the new version of of iPhoto, and, and I believe you do too. And I was unable to recreate that. Mm -hmm. uh, I was trying to do some searching, and I've been unable to come up with an answer. You know, I, I've only been looking for since about nine o'clock. Um, but I I would, you know, maybe throw this out, throw this one over to our listeners and uh, see if they can maybe give us a solution in our forum or something. Right. And and I'll, I'll keep searching myself, but you know, we have a lot of people who who know all those little tweaks and stuff that I, I may not know. Sure. And we'll look for the answers. I did get two possible solutions. Uh they they weren't sure if this would work or not because again, you know, it, it we looked in the, the all the view settings and the toolbar settings. We looked in the appearance and the preferences. No, nothing was able to bring it back because I, I did try to play around with all those settings when she was here. And, of course, she had spent a lot of time trying to figure that out as well. So um, when I brought this up in the other podcast for the Typical Mac User podcast, I was uh, asking them. And there are two thing, two possible solutions that they came up with. Uh, the first one was, and she said that she didn't really know if this would help or not. But when you go into your... Um, when you go into iPhoto, have it closed, and hold down your option button, and then click on the link to open up iPhoto, and this will force it to open it up and choose a library. Right. And so <coughs> you'll want to choose an existing library, and it'll pull it up, and you'll see iPhoto library. Click on that. See if that helps. The other one, her suggestion, their suggestion was over there, was to do a search uh, in, using Spotlight and uh, for a file uh, called com.apple.iphoto.plist. And uh, so in, what they said is that you can take and delete this plist file, which is your preferences list, and if you once you delete it and you go in and you restart iPhoto after that, they said it will rebuild that preferences list. So it will be as if though you've never tweaked any preferences. And that's that's actually something good for um, not only this program, but for pretty much every program that runs on a Mac will generate this plist file, and that's one of the, the the things that if you're if you're trying to if you're new to this and you're trying to troubleshoot something, you know I, I generally re, I, I rename the plist file. You know I put like a dot old at the end of it, and that way if that if, if that doesn't fix the problem, I can at least go back to that preferences list because sometimes you have settings in a program or something, and when you delete those, it, it, it everything goes back to the, uh, the the default settings. Right. So this, you know, I I like to keep a copy of that in case that wasn't it. I didn't hose up my my settings that I created. Very cool. And if anybody else has there any suggestions, and and you know right off the bat what the answer to these questions are. Feel free to let us know in the forum. Just go to gspn.tv, click on Help I Got a Mac over in the right-hand side. There's a menu that says Our Shows, and then uh, it'll link you with the show notes for this uh, show. We'll have a direct link into the Help I Got a Mac section in our forum 
where you could help us uh, answer those questions. Alrighty. So, what else cool. do we have? Uh, well, obviously, Leopard's been out, been out um, a little over a week now, and uh, I must report that I've had zero issues with it at this point. So, Cliff, I think it's time for you to buy it. Well, here's the thing. I, I know that uh, some other talk shoe hosts are complaining that even as of tonight, there is no solution for getting TalkShoe to work on the Mac. Now, the thing is, is I don't use my Mac to connect to TalkShoe anyway. Um, I use I use my XP here in the studio. But, uh, you know, there are, I, <coughs> I am seeing a bunch of people uh, on Twitter saying, hey, does anybody know, is, is there a fix or an update to this shareware program or this software program uh, for, for Leopard yet? So there are some people that are talking about some issues. Um, the only real issue that I've heard that has been legitimate for the new user, because honestly, I don't believe that those kind of issues are going to be really big issues for the new new Mac user. But uh, I have heard some folks who have had some issues when they did not do a clean install, but did a regular upstall or upgrade. Ah, okay. And and that that that's to make more sense obviously than a clean install just because you're going to have little pieces and fragments of programs that you may have deleted in the past that could come back to haunt you and that's why i always recommend you know an archive and install or back your data up once again you know using a backup program like super duper and then migrating the data over which is what i did and i've haven't had any problem at all cool <coughs> so i i don't think i'm going to be upgrading right away um, and the reason why is because how how much is Leopard upgrade? Uh, one twenty nine for one computer or one ninety nine for five computers in your house. Okay, so right now I don't see any need for me to upgrade to Leopard uh, because you know I, I'm very basic user of the Mac OS. Um, you know I use it to browse the web. I use it for Twitterific. I use it for Skype. I use it for chat. Um, instant messaging, which, uh, you know, it, it does perfect for all of those things. So for me, it would just be $129 to get some extra bells and whistles. That's cool. You know? I think, I, I think you'll get it eventually. Once, once programmers start taking advantage of, of the underpinnings that, that 10.5 allows, I think, you know, of course you might come over next week and show me your leopard install when you're in studio and, uh, I might <laughs> change true. my mind. You never know. I'll bring my external hard drive and show you a time machine. That's cool. Tell me about time machine. Have you used it yet? I have used it. It actually kind of uh, kind of saved me this week. Um, on Monday, I, I took my external hard drive and I split it into two different drives inside the the hard drive itself. You, you can make basically you can take your big drive and make it two smaller drives. Um, I used one side four time machine and the other one just for random data and I plugged it in it said hey I detect two drives you want to make one of these time machines I said yeah let's do that and then I let it run and it took a few hours to, to you know back everything up to the time machine disk and then once an hour it the, I'll see the little uh, the little light on my LC drive kind of flicker a little bit but that's it I don't notice any kind of slowdown or anything like that running time machine and what happened was is that, um, like on a Tuesday, I downloaded a, a file, a pretty big file. It was a disk image, and um, I ended up not using it and throwing it away. 
And two days later, I needed it because the problem that I was going to use it for came back up. And I deleted it, and I didn't want to spend the time to download it. And I thought, well, I have Time Machine. Let's try to use it. So I activated Time Machine, went back in time to two days ago. It found the program. I restored it, and I was back up and running. Right. So, um, <laughs> so it's, it's, it's really kind of hard to explain unless you see it yeah. in action. So, so, so it basically saved you and you were able to come back and everything. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I, I've, I don't know if I'd use it as a straight backup. You know, I, I still like super duper for, for making a bootable backup to an external drive. Um, but I have heard people saying that it, if you if you did lose all your data, if you lost the drive in your computer and it was gone, and you had your time machine disk, if you boot, if you put a new drive in your computer and you boot off the the leopard disk, there's an option during the restore dur- during the install process to restore from a time machine backup. So at, at least you can restore your backup. So now I saw in your um, in your show notes for tonight that you said you would still suggest Super Duper. And recently, I've heard that Super Duper does not yet work with Leopard. Have you heard that? I have heard that they're they're going to come out with an update here soon. I haven't used Super Duper since my upgrade to Leopard, since I'm using Time Machine right now. Um, but I w- I would you know keep checking the web. They're, they're really good about pushing updates out. I, I would think within the next month or so, there's going to be an update for Super Duper. <laughs> Very cool. Is there anything else that you wanted to share that that is like? really exciting about Luckbird? Anything like really cool that you're just, you're like, man, I'd never go back to Tiger? Uh, the stacks and uh, the grids and all that kind of stuff for, for programs and everything has been really, really nice. Um, browsing network drives seems to be faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the the main thing for me that has been just so cool is that new Quick Look feature where I can just look at a file, hit spacebar on the file, and, and get a thumbnail of it, whether it's a movie or or audio or a Word file or you know Excel, anything. It's just really nice to be able to, to to look through a bunch of stuff like on a network drive and go, okay, what do I need? And then hit spacebar and 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 check it out and go, okay, that's what I need, without opening the program or downloading the program to my to my desktop and then running Word or running Excel. It's just really really nice. And, and what I found out that um, Developers are going to be able to have access to this technology to add their file types to it. So it's just not going to be you know Word, Excel, so on and so forth. If if, if Adobe wants to come out and come out with a plugin like for Illustrator or whatever, they can and it'll work just fine. Right. But it's it's been it's been really nice. It's it's saved me quite a few you know quite a few minutes off my day just looking through all these files and, and finding it really really fast. Gotcha. Um, I tell you what, because uh, I know that you've had a really long week. I, we had chatted uh, on the phone just a few moments before we we started live tonight, and I'm I'm just not feeling well at all. We're gonna make this a very short show. Um, we do have some folks on the line. If anybody wants to uh, to ask a question before we wind down here, uh, go ahead and hit the request to talk. If you want to just make a comment, uh, share any thoughts or anything like that, um, th- this is the opportunity to do that. But Chris, uh, while we're waiting to see if anybody uh, bites on that, um, I would just like to say that for next week, since you're going to be in the studio, 
um, I think it'll be good for us to have that interaction, you know, live with uh, with the full, you know, being able to read each other's body language and everything. And, and I, I'm really excited about you coming back into the studio next week. Um, I was wondering if we can do an episode next week of Help I Got a Mac, where episode number five is all the programs that we think that the new Mac user should be installing. Uh, what what FTP software, what image software, image editing software, what um, chat clients that you should be using, um, <coughs> excuse me, all of those kind of things. Do you think we can come up with a list of those, go over and talk about what those programs are, and uh, and then we can have an extensive link in our uh, uh, list in our show notes where people can go and get those. Absolutely, because there are a lot of awesome programs, um, and a lot of them are, are really cheap or free that any new Mac user, it's just part of the must-have. And, uh, yeah, I, th- I think that would be something really, really good. Um, let me ask you something real quick, though. Uh, you mentioned Twitterific, and they just came out with a new update, and they've gone commercial, and I'm wondering how you feel about that. I, I'm looking at it right now, and I see um, there was an, uh, let's see here, uh, an app uh, commercial says, does your, let's see here, does your website um, kick apps? And uh, it, it's, you know what, they're tastefully done, they're, they're, they're visually appealing, and they don't really get in the way of the messages that are coming in. So for me, n- not a big deal at all. Yeah, that, and that's how I felt about it too. I mean, if it was making a, a separate pop up for a commercial or something like that, but you know what? It, it's it's very tastefully done. Hey, if they want to make a couple bucks from ads or from someone buying it, then that you know what? It's a great program, and I, I'm all for that. <laughs> I'm all you know. I'm all about getting programs for free, uh, and I love getting content for free. Uh, and and especially as a podcaster who is looking forward to you know doing this as a full time job. Uh, at least part of my income doing podcasting itself and the other in podcast consulting, uh, you know, I realized that, you know, it, it, there's a lot of stuff that goes involved that's involved in number one, creating a podcast, and number two, creating a program that literally hundreds of thousands of people are using. And, you know, most people aren't going to no- donate. Uh, if you ask them to buy it or a pro version, you know, it, it, it's you, there's that option there and you can get rid of the uh, ads. Or you can live with the ads that are there. And like I said, um, I've seen a lot of different companies go to commercial stuff. And I'm, I must say that I'm really happy with the way that they've approached it. Just, 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 the, just the fact that it just seems to flow so well in the Twitterific program. So as far as I'm concerned, kudos to them. I'm so glad that, you know, I'm so glad that Kick Apps... Um, one of their advertisers there is is advertising with them because that means that I get to continue to use Twitterific for free, and I love the fact that now whenever I um, <coughs> whenever I highlight on one of the people that is in my Twitterific list, if I hit can if I hit Apple two or Apple the at sign, uh, it will automatically create the reply, and if you hit Apple D while it's highlighted, it'll automatically set up a direct message to that person. Yeah. So those are <coughs> cool new, excuse me, cool new upgraded features, and uh, really enjoying it. So, uh, Chris, why don't uh, you, I, I why feel the same way? Why don't you explain to folks what Twitterific is and uh, what Twitter is? Because uh, I, there there are a lot of listeners to this that probably are not quite aware of that. Man, you know what? I didn't get Twitter. I I, I did not. I wasn't feeling the concept of it until I used Twitterific. But what Twitter is. I, I would say it's kind of a mobile blog 
And, and basically, it, it's a blog that asks the simple question of, what are you doing right now? And you have 140 characters to, to say, what are you doing? And, and the reason it's 140 characters is because that's generally the limit of an SMS message, which is the, the kind of text message that you send with your cell phone. Right. And basically what, it, what it's doing is, you know, hey, I'm heading to the store to whatever, you know. And you can just send these little updates and you can, you can automate it so, you know, you can send the message via an, an instant message client through your cell phone. You can also have it post to, uh, you know, a full-size web page or a blog. Because what's really nice about it is, is they've released the, the programming API for it. So companies can, can make things like Twitterific. And what Twitterific is, is a, a piece of software for the Mac that allows you to see um, incoming tweets, is what the messages are called, from other people, and also allows you to make ones. Because the, the whole neat thing about it is that, that people can stumble upon your Twitter posts and, and follow you. Yes. Or you can follow them, and that's really where it kind of becomes this this big social thing, is that you know you've got a few hundred followers. I've got like thirty or so, and and it's just kind of neat because you, you you get all this input from other people, and, and they we, you know we share links, you know, we share news stories, and it's it's really neat. Like I found out about that Utters program from you through yep. a through a through a tweet. And that I would have never ever found that before, and that's it, that. That's the beauty of it, and that that was that aha moment for me. Yeah. That that man, this is just more than what am I doing? It's it's what's going on in the world right now. Exactly. It, it's really cool. In fact, one of the neat things I'm looking at Twitterific right now, and it says here, Stephan. It says Stephanie, which is my wife, at Twitter.com/slash/stephgspn. Uh, it says drinking my favorite vanilla caramel tea and waiting for my favorite Sunday night show. Brothers and sisters. So now I know what's going on upstairs in my living room as I'm recording this podcast. Yep. So that's always cool to know what's going on with my wife and keep tabs on her. So <laughs> because God, because God forbid, you have to go upstairs and no. ask her. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. And, and, and for me, it makes a cool little like whistly noise whenever a new a new one comes comes in. Which oh yeah. I always find as fun. So. Cool. Well, everybody, we're going to go ahead and uh, cut this a little short this week. We want to thank you for joining us live, especially all of you out there in the TalkShoe chat room. We record this live on TalkShoe.com every Sunday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, and we encourage you to come and join us live. You can find out how. Just go to gspn.tv, and there'll be a link there, and you can join us uh, when it comes time and just uh, join us live. We love it. Uh, Chris, we'll see you next week here in the studio. Sounds great, man. All right. Until next time, join the community. Yep. See ya.